Uh, Well, good morning, everyone. It's great to see you and great joy to be able to look uh, at this part of God's Word together. How about I lead us in prayer again uh, as we start. Uh, Heavenly Father, again, we're so thankful that we can meet together as your people. Help us to understand uh, your Word well this morning. Uh, We pray that by your Spirit that you would shape us to be more like Christ and that we would live for the praise and glory uh, of your name. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Uh, Well, most of the time at church, uh, we preach through a book of the Bible. Uh, So most recently, we've looked at the book of Romans. And so chapter after chapter, we'll go through a book. Uh, Sometimes we might have a series. So recently, we've done a series in signs uh, in the Gospel of John. Uh, But today is a bit different. Today, we have a one-off talk from the book of Philippians. Uh, Why Philippians? There's kind of two reasons. Uh, Firstly, we've been reading Philippians as a family uh, I thought it was been encouraging, so I thought, why not share that with you today? That would be a great thing to do. Uh, but I think, secondly, more importantly, I think in this chapter we see uh, what really matters to the Apostle Paul. For him, what was of first importance? And given that this is God's Word to us, it shows us what really matters to God. Uh, and so the implication is for us as God's people, well, this is what should matter to us. Uh, And this is important because today, well, it's the last day, right? The last day of the year, last day of 2023. uh, And it's often a time that we reflect on the year that has been. But it's important to think not just from a a human perspective on these things, uh, but to think about how God might see this year. So I wonder for you this morning, as you come to church, right, last day of 2023, how do you feel about the year uh, that has been? Perhaps you come here this morning and you're filled with joy and thankfulness. You know, it's been a a year of excitement, a year of fun, a year of travel, of work, uh, a a year with positive relationships, right? And you you come full of joy. Uh, Or or perhaps for you it's something quite different. Uh, Perhaps actually 2023 is a year year to forget. Uh, Maybe a year... Uh, of, of sickness or poor health, uh, a year of, of disappointments, of setbacks. Maybe this year has been a year of loss. Uh, someone who was close to you, perhaps the loss of employment, uh, perhaps you've seen conflict uh, in your relationships. And as we look beyond our own lives to our world, it, I know it seems, seems to me there's a growing kind of conflict in our world, a growing sense of fear and anxiety about what the future will bring. Uh, And it seems a growing opposition to the Christian faith. Uh, As we come this morning, we we have a kind of a a mixed experience, right? As we think about the year that has been. But what what difference would it make to our assessment if we thought not just from, I guess, a human perspective, but from God's point of view? If we thought about our year in light of what really matters to the Apostle Paul, and so what really matters to God. And so our plan for today, we're going to be looking at Philippians chapter 1. Uh, hopefully we'll see the kinds of things that were important for Paul. Uh, and as we do that, we'll be able to keep reflecting uh, on the year that has been. So keep your Bibles open. Look there, Philippians chapter 1, uh, the beginning of the letter, verse 1. We're told, well, first of all, who's writing Right, verse 1, Paul and Timothy, they're writing this letter. Well, verse 1, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi. So 
So Philippi, an ancient city in the region of Macedonia, uh, Paul is writing this letter to the Christians there. Uh, Verse 2, we have this greeting, uh, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, And then verse 3, we have this prayer of thanksgiving, as is common in Paul's letters. Uh, But this particular prayer here in the letter to Philippians is very expressive, right? Uh, Paul is obviously very thankful for these Christians, right? Have a look, see what I mean? Verse 3, I give thanks to my God well, for every remembrance of you, right? That's, that's pretty strong, isn't it? Right? Uh, verse 4, uh, Paul is always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer, right? Clearly, the apostle is very thankful for these Christians in Philippi, And why is that? Well, verse 5, it's because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Uh, This idea of of partnership is a a key theme in the book of Philippians. But what has this partnership looked like? Well, in the particular context of this letter, uh, we find out that Paul is in prison. So you might have picked that up from our reading, uh, possibly in Rome. Uh, But the Philippians, they're living quite far away. Uh, They've heard that Paul's in prison. And so they sent uh, someone from their own congregation, a guy called Epaphroditus. Uh, You see this in uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 18. Uh, He comes from Philippi to see Paul with a gift, right? Presumably some money so that Paul can support himself in prison. Uh, But then in chapter 2, we read that Epaphroditus, on the way, he became sick. So sick, in fact, he nearly died. Uh, But he managed to get to where Paul was, he supported him, and now Paul is sending Epaphroditus back to Philippi, uh, presumably with this letter. And so this is one way that the Philippians have expressed their partnership with Paul by supporting him, and I think particularly supporting him while he's in prison. Uh, You can imagine of them, you know, they, they hear that Paul's in prison and they're like, oh, yeah, Paul, uh, Paul who, right? Easy to forget about him. But that's, that's not the case, right? No, they stand by Paul. They show this loyalty even while he was in prison. And it's not only that the Philippians have been generous to Paul in, in this instance. Uh, actually, a number of times in the New Testament, we see their generosity. You might remember in, in 2 Corinthians 8, Paul is writing to the Corinthians to encourage them to support this appeal, that some money he's trying to raise. And and he talks about the Macedonian Christians and the great generosity they have had. Philippi is not mentioned particularly, but it was in the region of Macedonia. So you could expect that the Philippians were amongst those who were so generous that even though they had severe poverty, uh, they were able to give to support Jewish Christians back in Jerusalem. But it's not just in giving that the Philippians have expressed this partnership, it's also in prayer. If you skip down to the very end of our reading, verse 19, you see uh, the prayers of the Philippians is mentioned. They've been praying for Paul whilst he is in prison. But it's not only what the Philippians have done for Paul in prison, it's also just their, their encouragement of him. We read at the end of chapter 1, the Philippians are facing uh, suffering, right? Persecution because of their faith in Jesus. And Paul is delighted to hear of them standing firm in the gospel. At the beginning of chapter 4, he says, they are my joy and my crown. 
And so just the way that the Philippians have stood firm has been this wonderful encouragement for Paul, part of their their partnership together. But it's important to see their partnership has a, a goal or a focus, right? It's a partnership, well, a partnership in the gospel, right? Verse 5, because, well, Paul is thankful because of your partnership uh, in the gospel. Uh, in verse uh, 7, he says, you are partners with me in grace, right? Uh, that for, well, these Philippians and Paul, uh, their partnership is about the gospel message, Now, what's the gospel? What do they mean by this? Well, gospel, the word gospel just means good news, right? The good news of Jesus, that the eternal Son of God was born into our world. That's what we just remembered, right, at Christmas. Uh, But that Jesus grew up, though he was perfect, he died on the cross in our place so that we could be forgiven. But Jesus didn't stay dead. Part of the gospel, the good news, is that God raised Jesus to life again to be the King, And that wonderful promise that for all that turn to Jesus, they will be forgiven and have the hope of eternal life. And so what is so important for the Apostle Paul here is to see this gospel message go out, to see the good news proclaimed, but not just proclaimed, but believed. To see people come to trust in Jesus for the first time uh, and then continue to trust in Him until the day of Christ. Uh, you might know that I used to be uh, an engineer many years ago. Uh, I still really like, uh, you know, flow charts and things like this. So I thought of a little gift for you, right? Worked very hard on a flow chart. It's not, it's not that complicated, right? But anyway, here we go. All right. So what matters to the Apostle Paul, right? What is that he values? Well, at, at the heart, it, it's seeing the gospel message, the good news of Jesus proclaimed and believed. Uh, but also what we've seen is this partnership of Christians, right? Uh, to see the way that Paul has been out to partner with the Philippian Christians. And I've got a little arrow. The arrow's gone a bit funny, but anyway, double-headed arrow, right? To show that they're connected. That, that the partnership that they have will, is with the goal of seeing the gospel proclaimed and believed. And, and the reason they have this partnership is because of their common conviction about the gospel, right? So what does Paul value? Well, this is what is of first importance to him. But there's something else to add from this section, which is their partnership together has led to this genuine affection. And you see that in the letter, right? Look there in verse 7, Paul says, it's right for me to think this way about all of you. He says, because I have you in my heart, what a, what a touching description, right? These Christians who are far away in the city of Philippi, and yet Paul says, I, I have you in my heart. Uh, in verse 8, he says, For God is my witness how deeply I miss all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. See, in this particular instance, and I think the same in our experience, isn't it? That as Christians partner together in the work of the gospel, well, so often it builds this kind of genuine affection, right? This relationship as people work together. But what I want you to do now is just consider, right, if this is what really valued, this is what the Apostle Paul really valued, if this is what we as God's people should really value. Well, if that was true, how would that shape our assessment of this year? 
How have we seen these things happen in 2023? See, one of the highlights for our church this year uh, has been seeing the, the life course continue. So the life course, we run a number of times in the year, uh, an opportunity for people to come and hear about Jesus, right? It's been very encouraging. Uh, we've heard in recent weeks, uh, 78 people right, over the course of the year have come to hear about Jesus, right? It's, isn't that encouraging, right? Praise God. Uh, but can you see that if we value these things, like the Apostle Paul, well, then that's something we should have great joy and give thanks to God for, right? 2023, what a wonderful year, right? For 78 people to come and hear the good news of Jesus. But not just that, but to see some people believe, uh, come to faith in Jesus for the first time. But here's the thing, right? See, if you're part of our church, then you are a partner in this work, right? So in the life course, I know that many of you were involved, whether in the kitchen or sitting at tables, you are partners in this work. Uh, that many of you invited people to come. Now, not everyone who was invited came, but if we want people to come, then we need invitations. And so as we invite people to the life course, well, we are partners in this important work. As a church, we've been praying for the life course. A key way to partner together. And if you give to the work of the gospel here, well, then you enable things like the life course to happen. So as we reflect on this year, there's, you know, through all the ups and downs of life, there's much to be thankful for, is there not? To see so many people come to hear about Jesus, to see a number of people come to believe the good news of Jesus. But it's not just in the life course that we proclaim Jesus, but many other areas of our church. Uh, you might know one of my roles here is the, the kids minister. So, you know, each week we see literally hundreds of kids, right, uh, hear about Jesus and they're encouraged uh, to follow him. And, well, it's good to see that as a church we partner together in this work. I know that some of you here serve in kids' ministry, right? You come and run the different programs where we teach kids about Jesus. But that's not the only way we partner. As a church, we pray for kids' ministry, right? Pray that God would be at work. If you give to the work of the gospel here, then, then you are partners in this work. And so for all the ups and downs of 2023, we can say it was a, it was a good year, right? A great year to see kids come to hear about Jesus and for them to follow him and to see our partnership together in this work. One of the things that's really interesting in Philippians is, you know, I mentioned the way that this partnership of Christians uh, builds this kind of affection amongst those who serve. Uh, and it's something that we really see in, in kids' ministry, right? You know, often I ask our volunteers, I say, you know, what was a highlight for the year? And, well, often they say it was working with the other volunteers, right, serving together uh, in teams. Uh, that's what we see here and what we see in our experience. As Christians work together for the cause of the gospel, well, there's this kind of sense of community, these, these relationships together. You know, it's funny because people often say to me, you know, oh, Kev, you must be so thankful for all the volunteers you know, they give up all their time and energy to be serving kids' ministry. And I'm like, yes, I am very thankful. That is good. <laughs> uh, but can you see that they also benefit from that? 
As they come and serve, so often they grow as followers of Jesus. They have the great privilege of of serving together with other Christians. I mean, it's right for me to be thankful to God for them, but they should be thankful to me, right? (laughs) I mean, I give them the, the privilege, right? The opportunity to be able to work with kids, to be involved in this kind of work. But can you see when we have this perspective, it changes our assessment on the year. We put more attention to the things of the gospel. And there's so much for us to be thankful here, to see the gospel proclaimed and believed, to see Christians working together. I mean, we talked about kids' ministry. We could talk about lots of other areas of our church as well. I mean, gospel teams, as people meet together to encourage one another. Here on Sunday, we meet together to encourage one another. Uh, It's so important for us to focus on the way that God is at work. But here's the thing, right? See, if we want to have this as the kind of most important to us, if we want this to be the thing that shapes us, well, we need God's help, don't we? (laughs) Uh, It's God's work to shape and change us. You see a hint of that, I think, in verse 6. Paul says, you know, it was God who started a good work in, in you, in you Philippians. But you see it more clearly, I think, in the prayer. So having given thanks for the Philippians in verse 9 and following, he then prays for them. I'll read the prayer out in a moment, but as I do, I want you to notice the way he really focuses on their, on their character, right? wanting to see a, a godly character. Uh, I mentioned before the Philippians, they're facing persecution, Right? Paul could have prayed for their particular circumstances, but, but he doesn't. No, he, he prays even in the midst of that for their character. Right, listen to this prayer, verse 9. Verse 9, I pray this, that your love will keep on growing. Right? This, this is what Paul wants to see amongst the Philippians, that their love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment so that you can approve the things that are superior, so you can value the things that God values and can be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, uh, filled with the fruit of righteousness. I mean, we know that we're declared righteous through Jesus, but here we see the fruit of righteousness, the work of God's Spirit to grow us in our godly character And notice all these things are to the glory and praise of God. If we go back to my little picture for a moment, right? what's important to the Apostle Paul? What does he value? Well, we could add it's to see a growth in godly character. And and that's, of course, what leads to this partnership of Christians to see the gospel proclaimed and believed. But it's all to the glory and praise of God. In the end, that's what Paul cares about most of all, to see our God glorified. And so he prays for the Philippians in this way. And again, it's worth reflecting on our year, isn't it? Think back over 2023. Well, how has God been at work to grow your character? In what ways have you lived for the glory and praise of God? But it's interesting because I think what often happens is that God uses our circumstances to bring about these things. You know, don't forget as Paul writes this, you know, he's saying, okay, these are the things that are most important to me, that he's doing it from, from where? From prison, right? Yeah, so 
this is during Paul's time in prison. What does he focus on? Well, not his imprisonment, (laughs) but the things of God. But it's actually more than that. It's not just that he focuses on the gospel despite where he is, but he actually recognizes that God is work through his time in prison. Right? You see that in, in verse 12, right? Verse 12, now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me, that is my imprisonment, has actually resulted in the advance of the gospel. So Paul recognizes that God is working through his situation to bring about the advance of the gospel. Now, what does that look like? Well, we've seen already the way that it has strengthened this partnership between the Philippians, that they've had the opportunity to be able to support Paul during this time. We see in verse 13 that the whole imperial guard and everyone else have come to see that Paul's imprisonment is because of Jesus. They see Paul's conviction to the truth. In verse 14 and following, we see that because of this, uh, that many other Christians have been emboldened to speak the message of Jesus. They've been encouraged to see the gospel proclaimed with greater boldness and without fear. Why? Well, because they know that Paul is in prison because of his faith in Jesus. If I can draw your attention to the the very last verse of our passage, verse 20. Uh, Let me read it to you again, verse 20. He says, My eager expectation and hope is that I will not be ashamed about anything, but that now, as always, with all boldness, Christ will be highly honoured in my body, whether by life or by death. It's such a remarkable statement, isn't it? Can you see that for the Apostle Paul? What matters to him most of all? Well, here it says that Christ will be highly honoured in my body. You know, no matter his circumstances, his focus is on the glory and praise of God the Father, Son, uh, and Holy Spirit. And this is true, he says, whether by life or by death. In one sense, Paul doesn't care if he dies in prison as long as God is glorified. The very next verse, verse 21, a famous verse from Philippians, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. These are the things that really matter to Paul. And in fact, he recognizes that God uses his particular circumstance, being in prison, to see the gospel advanced. And so, again, for the last time, it's worth just reflecting on the year that has been. I mean, as you came to church this morning, how were you feeling about 2023? Were you coming thinking, yeah, it's been a really, really great year? (laughs) Or were you coming to church thinking, well, this is a year to forget, a year of pain and trials? But see, if you've been a Christian for a while, it's not really a surprise, is it, (laughs) that life brings us challenges? We know that as Christians... (laughs) Uh, life can be hard, right? We know that. But what we sometimes forget, I think, is that God often uses these circumstances to grow us, to shape our character, and sometimes to see the advance of the gospel, just like we saw in the life of Paul. And so as you reflect back on this year, I think this, this is worth doing, right? 
and spend some time thinking back on your year, can you see the way that God has been at work through your circumstances to grow you? You know, that, that really painful relationship. Well, has God used that to grow you in patience, in a godly character? There's really <laughs> that frustrating circumstance, whatever it is that you're going through. Or has God used that to, to grow you in, in, in prayerfulness, to really depend on Him? Perhaps in that time of, of sickness, God has brought other people into your life that you then have the opportunity to commend the gospel. Or perhaps through those disappointments, or perhaps God has reminded you that we do not live for this world, that our hope is in heaven. And we look for the day that will come. Uh, these lessons, you know, they, they don't come easily. <laughs> I don't know about you, sometimes I wish, you know, you wake up one day and God just kind of, you know, zaps you from heaven. And then suddenly you're transformed, right? How good would that be? But that, that's not really the way, is it? So often God grows us in a, a slow and steady and painful way. <laughs> as he shapes us to be more like Jesus, as he sees the advance of his kingdom. See, this morning we've seen what really matters to the Apostle Paul. We've reflected on 2023, but surely that mindset should shape as we look forward to tomorrow, right? Tomorrow, it's the start of a new year. How exciting, right? I wonder if you're filled with hope and excitement, you know, aspirations, dreams... But are they shaped by what really matters? Tomorrow as the new year begins, are you thinking, praying that God might shape your character? Are you thinking, how can I be more invested in partnering together with other Christians to see the gospel proclaimed and believed and to live a life for the glory and praise of God? See, for us who are part of God's people we know the gospel message, the good news, right? We know that all of Jesus, all of what he has done. And so let us then be d devoted, right? <laughs> to seeking to serve him. To living lives for to his glory and praise. Let me lead us in prayer. Our Father, we're so thankful that we can meet together this morning. So thankful that we can look at this part of your word together. We thank you for the gospel, the good news, that because of Jesus, we can be part of your family. And we pray that you would, well, that you would grow us, that our love will keep on growing in knowledge and every kind of discernment, so that we can approve the things that are superior. We can see what really matters, so that we can be pure and blameless in the day of Christ. We pray that you would fill us with the fruit of righteousness, that by your Spirit you would shape us to be more godly. We're so thankful for Jesus, and we pray that we might live for the glory and praise of you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.